Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Part of the Hoopets Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at whopetspod.com. Fast Break Podcast. It's Daryl Glassford. Come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos. Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break, of course, LakersBall.com, of course, Lakerholics.com, and of course, also as well, our good friends at the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. Big shout out to our YouTube supporters out there. You've been so tremendous. I thought we'd go ahead live first to you today to go ahead as our way to say thank you and to all the fathers and dads out there as we record this. I hope you've had the best of Father's Days as well. So truly wish everyone out there a happy Father's Day. Thank you so much. But for all of us Lakers fans, <sighs> we can exhale now because the Boston Celtics did not get it done. They turned the ball over and over and over as they end up losing to the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals. And that was a four games to two split right there for you. So once again, congratulations to the Warriors on winning their NBA Finals. So thank you very much because that allows them to go ahead and have number seven. Still need 10 more to catch up to us, which is fine. So that's fine. We'll go ahead and win number 18 long before they get to 17. So that's no problem indeed. But the question is now, as it turns to the offseason, NBA free agency, NBA draft, that's coming up later this week, NBA free agency later this month. The question now turns to what the Lakers can do with their team. And here today to talk about, first off, the NBA Finals, where everything stands, and the fact that ESPN on its way too early prognostication and pre-rankings per se the team rankings has us with the lakers at 17th is that fair is that too high is that too low or is that just right so we're going to talk about that also a new assistant coach hire one leaves one goes so we'll talk about that as well but here today to talk about what's going on in all of the rumors and surrounding things that goes on in lakers fans out there it's a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out as his articles are right there for you at Lakerholics.com. It is Laker Tom and Laker Tom. I'm going to start off with the way too early rankings by ESPN that has the Lakers at 17. Before I share any thoughts on it myself, what are your thoughts on ESPN's ranking of the, where the Lakers stand right now as it stands just before NBA draft and of course next week, the NBA free agency. 
17 out of 30 teams. I think that's a little low simply because we have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, but I saw odds of 20 to one, which probably seemed about right to me. Um, there are a lot of teams, 18 to one, 17 to one, 15 to one, 10 to one that were at least better teams at this point in time. The Lakers have a big job to do in, in this summer. Um, they've made some terrific strides with respect to the coaching staff. I think they've done a terrific job in, in positioning themselves as best they could with respect to Russell Westbrook. I mean, they have half of Lakeralics.com convinced that Russell is really going to be coming back. Um, so I don't know whether that really is going to make anybody have a better offer for it. Uh, but I, but I think the Lakers are doing the right things. Um, I thought that it was a significant situation that they allowed, uh, uh, Darwin Ham to choose his own lead assistant, and it turned out not to be a guy who had coaching experience as a head coach in the NBA. Um, and I like the fact that they were willing to hopefully understand that they made a mistake in how they brought a Frank Vogel aboard and, and how they handicapped him. Uh, and they're now hopefully doing it in the right way. So I think that that bodes well for hopefully doing the right things uh, when we come to this summer and uh, we're a couple of weeks away from seeing what's going to happen with the draft and, and trades and free agency. Uh, let me ask you this though, with Joe Sorrell here as well, but you say 17 is too low. Is that correct? Laker Tom? Yeah, I don't, I, I think that we're probably maybe 10th. And it's simply because we, there's just too much talent. You know, this is teams, People are acting and, and they enjoy the ability to act like the Lakers are a play-in team at best. Well, nobody knows who they're going to end up with. And there are lots of scenarios where we could end up with some very valuable players. Um, there's also just as many scenarios where we could end up very similar to this year with a team that, that's got trouble. But, you know, a, a lot of it will come down to health and the health specifically of LeBron and AD. Um, that's the wild card when you get it um, yeah, because they're injury prone and LeBron is old, uh, our floor is pretty low, you know, but by the same token, because they are who they are, if they're healthy and, and motivated and the team, the front office does a pretty good job of surrounding them with size, defense and shooting the three things that they really lacked last year, um, they can have a surprising year. And, you know, LeBron and AD proved, you know, 17 months ago that they could win it all. Well, I do want to say, first off, Blue Magic, a big fan of yours, who said some very complimentary things to you in the past couple of weeks. He has a question for us, and we'll go ahead as far as the rumors regarding Bradley Beal. I know that a lot of people are talking about a potential return for Russell Westbrook, at least his contract per se, over back to Washington. I know he's asking about it, so I know we can touch on that during the course of the episode. Before I hit up Joe real quick, you want to give us some quick thoughts on that? Yeah, is it a reality? I, the Bradley Beal thing is interesting because I, I'm, I went through a, a complete analysis of, of how we could pull that trade off. And uh, one of the things that I think is really important for the Lakers is to hard cap themselves so that they get, you know, an additional $8 million in free agency. And free agency has a lot of players out there that uh, are very valuable to the Lakers. But the Bradley Beal thing can actually happen. It would be Beal and KCP for uh, for uh, Russell Westbrook, uh, THT, and uh, Kendrick Nunn and the 2027 and 2029 first-round draft picks, probably unprotected in order to make that deal. And the only way the deal will go through would be Bradley Beal would have to demand to be traded to the Lakers. Um, that would be the only way. I don't think the that's only way it's going to happen. Now, what's interesting, what's interesting is – First, Beals never, ever said anything complimentary about coming to the Lakers or being a Kobe fan or any of that stuff. Yeah. But he has he has just announced that he's made his decision where he wants to go. Yeah, he's I saw not that telling anybody where it is. So, who knows? Mystery I, I team. There's one thing that helps the Lakers in that if he's looking for a place where he can win a championship on a team that doesn't have another dominant guard that he has to fight for the ball and touches, the Lakers are – Perfect because they need guards. They need a lead guard. You know, um, he's only 30% three point shooter. He's a ball. He, he can play off of the ball because he played with Westbrook. Um, I don't like the idea. I think it's, it's again, putting yourself in a situation where you're spending all your money. I'd rather spend that money on a great roster than on a third star. 
Um, but they are the Lakers and, you know, throw the ball down the middle of a pit and they cannot help but take a swing for a home run. You know it. You know it indeed. I'm not going to deny on that one. Want to know? let you know, while we go to Sean Grice and Joe Soro, Laker Tom, you were on your computer mic and not on your regular mic, so we didn't hear your real sexy radio voice that you always have, so just want to let you know on that one. But also is here as well today. Good man indeed. It is one of the guys behind LakersBall.com. He is Ox1947. It is Joe Soro. Joe, great to have you here. Happy Father's Day to you as well. And once again, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Thank you so much for joining us. Your thoughts on where the Lakers stand? I think 17 out of 30. I think that's a fair assessment right now where things stand before the draft, before free agency. So I think that's a fair assessment. Your thoughts first off before we get into Bradley Beal on 17 out of 30 where ESPN has them as of now. Well, 17, you're looking at, based off the number, you're looking at them being out of the playoffs. Well, they were out of the playoffs just essentially, right? Two weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, I know we have a play-in now, but if if they're going to be the seventeenth team, then it, it doesn't look good. I I don't really care about the rankings, especially right now. I would have waited till after a free agency. Maybe well, it's least. just for clicks. Oh, it's I know. Just- I, I I get it. I get it. I I just don't know how to assess this team until until there's a there's movement. A yeah. Well, that's what. That's and that's and that's why I said, and Tom, you're still on your computer mic. For some reason, it's it's not plugged in yet. But I do want to say again, when it comes to 17 out there, that's based off of what happened to the Lakers at the end of their season because they they've not done anything yet to upgrade their roster. So we have to I, wait and see what happens, how they upgrade it. If it roster. was based off what they did this last year, I, I would figure it'd be worse. They <laughs> they were abysmal. Uh, it was a non-chemistry, just disaster i i I had i'm not i'm not exaggerating this 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 was the worst laker team i've watched and this includes the 94 and 05 team because i've been watching the lakers regularly with knowledge and maturity enough to know what's going on for 31 years now since i was would you say it's the 13. most disappointing? Not the worst. Statistically, it's not the worst, but it's the most disappointing. No, no, disappointing. I, I, I don't think <sighs> disappointing. I, I, 2004 might be the most disappointing season. 2008 is, can be in there too, to a degree. I'd say pretty darn close, but 04, it, it, I, I, I don't. Kobe, Kobe didn't play like Kobe in that final. Uh, I know Malone was hurt. I know Fox was hurt. I know Fish was playing on one leg, and Horace couldn't really play, and Slava was the starting four. But in, in my book, I look at it. You know, if you're favorite in a, if you're favorite and you have Shaq and Kobe in their prime, you, you have to win that series. So that's probably the most. That's the one that first comes to my head. So I'm going to roll with that. 04 was the most disappointing season as a fan, but the most just abhorrent season was this last year. And thank God Golden State won (laughs) the series because had they not, this would have been the worst Lakers season beyond words. It just, it just, I, I, I'm not concerned about this season anymore. Now what happened last year is done. Rear view mirror. It's it's I've I, 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 we've washed it. It's gone, and it would have been not washed had the Celtics won because then we're still looking at two titles to pass them, and that would have just been devastating, at least from a sports standpoint. The the Bradley Beal, I just read this today, by the way. I think I had read even one trade where they were talking about THT. Russell Westbrook, 27-29, going to Washington for KCP, Kuzma, and Beal. But that didn't – does that make sense to you guys? Well, if it works out in the trade machine financially, but still the picks would be have to be involved. Why would they – I mean, I couldn't figure out why they would do something like that. Well, I that's the thing is us as Lakers fans like that. Yeah, the Lakers, for example, would include players in that deal in order to get low enough so that they could get under the hard cap. 
so that they could expand their Why would, to get free agents. So does Washington value, do they value the picks that much and THT to do that trade? I don't, I don't see. I don't I, think so. I, I, I think it. at the start of the Lakers doing what is the natural thing that they want to do, which is to combine all of their assets into one little package and say, can we move Russell Westbrook, THT, and these two picks and get back the best player we can? So their first try is, you know, let's let's shoot for the moon. Let's go for Bradley Beal. And then let's say maybe down the road they're looking at Jeremy Grant, you know, two draft picks. Can they get a Jeremy Grant in that deal plus get rid of Westbrook? Can they, you know, can they pick out the player that they want from another team? Uh, uh, Ananobi, for example, he, he wants out of there. Or, or is that enough to get uh, Gary Trent Jr., you know, who, who basically Toronto may not want to pay and is going to want a big raise. So the Lakers are, are now trying to go on to the second stage, which is after they said, we're not going to use Westbrook in a trade for, uh, we're not going to use picks in a trade for Westbrook. Now they've come back to say, We'll bundle all of this stuff together, but and with Westbrook, but you got to give us a good player. So they're where they're. I think they want to be in free agency during the trade talk to try to make a deal. One thing we need to take from the finals as well is while all the dead brain, blank brain people who just like to clown everybody, I clown the Celtics because I'm a Laker fan. But when you when you take that. Take that That's away. It's always fun. Yeah, it's 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 simply just Laker versus Celtic thing. But let's take that away for a second. We saw what depth can do. We saw what depth, which Golden State had versus the Celtics. Celtics did not have depth. And while everyone's sitting around and calling, you know, calling Jason Tatum a choker, a you know anti-Kobe and all this beat bleep. I'm watching the games and I'm going, we're, we're, we're witnessing more and more why it's important to have depth because Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart are playing 40, 43 minutes a game. And I get, I understand that they're in their prime and they're young and they're supposed to play those minutes. However, if you're going to have the Seattle Seahawks in 2013, where they're just turnstile of practically all pro guys coming off the bench versus somebody who's doesn't have that kind of depth, it's still going to catch up to you. And it did catch up to the Celtics. They could not play that kind of defense and still be effective on offense. Why you see a lot of times in the NBA, oh, LeBron is not playing D and well enough because of whatever reason that they conjured up in our mind, not realizing this guy's played 80,000 minutes of NBA basketball and is trying to preserve himself. You can't play Gary Payton defense for 42 minutes and be effective on offense. Hence, why was it difficult for even the great Michael Jordan after game one of the 91 finals to play up against a bigger player like Magic Lakers ended up winning that game because of that. Well, what did Phil Jackson do? He adjusted. He went to Pippen guarding Magic, and it changed the series right there. You, there, I'm not saying you can't do it. You know, they're, they're, we've seen Kobe, we've seen Michael Jordan do it, but to do it, those guys—they're not people. Aren't Michael Jordan and Kobe? Uh, you, 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 you also have to factor in these guys can't play crazy defense for 48 minutes and still be effective on offense, especially with an offense that's more ISO than kind of equal opportunity type offense. There's a lot of factors in this. And if you pay attention and if you understand the game, and if you're not a moron and you're not just waiting to watch somebody screw up so you can go criticize them on your little keyboard, well, you understand that the reason why the Golden State Warriors won this series was they had talent, Deep talent, heck, a lot of their guys are even out and they still had enough depth because you have Steph Curry missing nine three-pointers in game five, didn't make one freaking three-pointer, and they still won. How does that not explain that their depth was a big part of why they ended up winning this? Big part of why likely Steve Kerr is, at this point, you can't argue he's not a great coach. He's a great coach. 
And then on top of that, you have Clay, Steph, Draymond, who are the ultimate team players. And that is something you need to start giving appreciation to. We know Clay Thompson and Steph Curry are great players, but their team mentality, their their willingness to give is something that we don't celebrate enough. And even the Celtics, to a degree, are the same way. It's just that they didn't have enough horses with them to, to, to go all the way. And I really believe if, if the Celtics had played any team other than the Warriors, we would be in hell right now. Had they played Phoenix, had they played Memphis, they would have beat those teams. I am sure of it. But that was the only team that could beat them because you're watching them, man, and they're playing their butts off. And they were playing and playing and playing and, whoo, you know. So what is that? How does that correlate with the Lakers in the future? Well, guys, we're going to have to worry about the Warriors, right? You're going to need depth. So it's not just, it's not going to be just, oh, let's go get Bradley Beal and throw away a couple of draft picks. They're going to need at least two to three more guys that are going to contribute and contribute in a huge way if they want to win another title. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I don't feel like that people have done that as much, especially with this international release. You can get it out there right now. I know you can get it out there, but it, it feels like this time last year, people have just been like, oh, you can get you the Here's cell phone version you know. that was taped somewhere where it's like, you know, shell shaky. <laughs> Has some dude or some family that's walking right in front of you as they're climbing their seat with the popcorn already in hand. You oh, know, come that, on. You, really? yeah, that version is already available. Yeah, but I mean, like. With a mono I, sound. There you go. Oh, God. Yeah, that's that's the worst part. You only get sound in the left ear, yep. not the right ear. <laughs> Something like that. You can find that version already if you really want it. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Also here today to talk about what's going on with the Lakers. Good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out every time he's here at the Lakers Fast Break. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. Sean, great to have you here. Before I put us all on mute and give you the center stage, your thoughts on where the Lakers stand on this way too early by ESPN? Yes, it's for clicks and 17th to me right now based off of the last year's last season's performance, I think was fair. But I don't think the Lakers are going to stay there. I think they're going to make the changes. But will that make them go up or down in everyone's eyes? That's the question I have for you. Plus, is Bradley Beal truly an option for the team? Uh, thank you very much for having me on again, Gerald. And I think 17 is – I'm I'm in complete agreement with yourself. I think that's quite fair. I think if you slaughter the Lakers on a list like this anywhere from you know 12 to 20 – you wouldn't find much of an argument from me. And again, they're, they're just basing, they're basing these results on the previous season. And for, for context, I'd like to give everybody um, a, a course in um, cognitive uh, disassociation as far as ESPN is concerned. Uh, in May, 2021, ESPN released a list of the top 10 players under 25. John Morant was not one of those 10 players. It was absurd at the time. Um, They didn't obviously recognize their error enough to correct it. And it turns out he not only should have been vaulted to number one instead of one Zion Williamson who decided not to even show up this year. He should have been included as a top 10 player in the NBA this year because he clearly was. So these lists tend to dip between cognitive impairment and, you know, like you said, Gerald, for clicks. As far as Bradley Beal is concerned, I read the same tweet that Tom did that he's made a decision on where he wants to go. Um, it's very interesting to me. He, Bradley Beal could have left college early, but he decided to come back for a year. And he came back and he won a national championship with the Florida Gators. 
And as much as Laker fans want to believe, and I'm one of them, obviously, who want to believe that we're, we're kind of nibbling around the Wizards to see if he's available. There's another guy who's nibbling around too, and one Patrick Riley. I think he wants Bradley Beal in the worst way. Beal, Butler, and Bam, along with Kyle Lowry, you have a bunch of dogs there. And I'd put that four, even with an older dog like Kyle Lowry, but that dog can still hunt. Uh, I'd put that four up against any other team the East has to, to throw I'm, at them. I'm just going to tell you real too quickly, though. Kyle Lowry, though, is you got to limit his minutes because oh, yeah. as you saw in the playoffs, they paid the price. Yeah, he, I, I, like you can only play him maybe 20, 25 minutes a night in the regular season if you really want to up – the ante with him in the playoffs. I agree hundred percent. But again, I think uh, Jimmy Butler's ability to be a facilitator along with you have uh, Gabe Vincent and Max Struess have made strides as far as offense is concerned. I just think Bradley Beal is a better fit in Miami than he would be with the Lakers. And uh, on top of that, what concerns me is that he, he's been loyal to a dysfunctional organization. Uh, one of the most dysfunctional organizations that we've seen in sports, basically, in the last 30 years, the Washington Wizards. Yet he would go to the Lakers who, while it looks like we've got some organizational structure with LeBron, there are still people still have doubts. And again, Gerald, it's it's what you said a few weeks ago. It it just seems that the nepotism just casts a shadow over things eventually. Like the veil the veil comes off, the emperor is naked, and that scares off some people. It's like Kobe said, right? Kobe they asked him about free agency and he said, hey, Look, man, if I have to convince a guy to come to the Lakers, he's not really the guy you want. So uh, to me, it, it like Bradley Beal doesn't f- feel like a fit at all. It, it doesn't also feel about like optics. it's reciprocated. Yeah, I mean, right now, optics will have everybody wants to go to the Warriors or to the Heat or some team right now that's playing at or near the top of the contention right now in the NBA. The Lakers were pretty much pounced on by so many different players, individuals, press, Twitter, everybody with their season this season. So. I will say that right now the optics aren't great and the future has to go ahead and be made differently than what a lot of people are projecting it at right now. I I definitely, definitely. And it it starts with um, trying, trying to figure out if, if you're really interested in acquiring a Bradley Beal, understand this as well. He's close to, he's closer to the South side of 30 than he is to the North. And he's already had a bunch of knee issues. So you're also acquiring a player with a, you know, a, a moderate injury history here. It's not extensive, but he does get hurt. Definitely agree on that one. Thanks so much, Magic Man, as always. Keep you on the line as well. Joe, uh, great thoughts right there from Sean. I think he hit it right on the head. Your thoughts on that? I, I agree that the Miami's likely the destination if he should leave. That's some of the feeling I get that, that's kind of a place he wants to go. I think they have more assets as well. They have more assets. I, I, I and he, he would fit there. He, his game would fit there, and you could put Larry at. You know, you can convince Kyle to to come off the bench, and he, he would. I'm, I'm sure he would be okay with it. We can't continue to be what all the teams used to be back in the '70s, where the Lakers were the ones taking advantage of their draft picks and picking first overall after winning a championship and getting James Worthy and things like that. There's, if you don't stop with the giving away of your future, you're, you're going to keep doing it. Uh, the only way you trade something like that for someone, it's it's got to be someone that's at least transcendent <laughs> or in their prime. And, you know, like if somebody said, hey, Jason Tatum wants to be a Laker, he's demanding it. You know, at that point, you could you would you could consider that. The reality of, of the Westbrook thing, uh, the the realistic reality is if they don't want to give up an a, a draft assets, 
it's going to have to be contracts that they accumulate that other teams are trying to get rid of that are probably three years in, or I should say three years left. So if there's a team out there that says, man, we could get rid of these two guys who have three years left on their contract for one guy who's making his money and they'll buy the, They're going to buy Westbrook out anyways. He won't be a problem on the team. I don't see how that team won't make that trade without demanding assets. Who's, Who's got a contract out there for $47 million? It's not a lot of, out there that have that number. So if a team wants to get rid of contracts that are beyond two years, the Lakers have an option there. The issue with that for the Lakers is what, what kind of asset are you getting? Are you getting guys that are you're hoping they stay healthy? That you're hoping they're going to be contributors? Yeah, but... The trade-off is if you want to get something of value, you're going to have to give up your future again. I don't think you can do that. And if you bring Westbrook back, wait till the dread. It doesn't matter. If you wait till the deadline, it doesn't matter unless you sit him down. Are you gonna you're not gonna I don't believe you're gonna convince him to sit on the bench. If you can do that, cool. But where's the talent? Who's gonna replace him at that point? Who's gonna replace $47 million? Uh, on the team no one right so they're in a very very difficult beyond even worse than what we're saying they're they're in a really really bad they're really in a bad situation right now with Westbrook and if they don't if they don't do anything then I'm going to take it in as you know what guys we're gonna have to sacrifice the LeBron era here so that we don't kill ourselves that way a year from today we, we will know that we will be out of this rut. We won't have to make this decision anymore. We still have Anthony Davis. And let's hope that he stays healthy for another three or four years and we can kind of go 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 from that. Can We We want a title with LeBron. We got a title with LeBron. Okay, we wanted to win two, maybe at least two. Didn't happen. You got one, but you can't sacrifice. You can't sacrifice based off what you saw this year. LeBron and AD could not figure out what was going on there, whether it was their health, chemistry, you can't. So I, I think if, if you had to, if I had to make a bet, if I had to make a bet, and I don't know, I don't know how this is going to go at all, but if I had to make a bet, I would say they're not going to sacrifice big time and just eat this next year with Westbrook, start over next year. I'm thinking that as well. Sean, real quick, I know Laker Tom's going to shake his head right there. He is, but I will go ahead and get him real quick. Sean, unmute yourself real quick and let us know your thoughts and back to Joe, but then I'll get it over Laker Tom, I promise. Yeah, Gerald, I just want to say I agree with you and Joe. And on top of it, I don't think trading Westbrook at the deadline is is uh, is either practical or uh, intelligent. Uh, it's very tenuous. Because you're trading that contract for maybe a, a, a good player or two and basically banking on them having insta chemistry with LeBron and Anthony Davis for about 20 to 25 games. That's that's too risky. Like, that's just as risky as, as what Joe said, where where you basically trade them and you're sacked you're sacrificing five years for maybe one. You know, another thing I want to say about that, because we haven't really gotten into that detail is sorry, Tom, I'll, I'll, I'll finish here. And then I'll, I'll, I'll let you talk. The teams that are going to want to drop contracts are obviously not happy with their talent. Right. And sometimes talent works better elsewhere, but who are the Lakers going to get? Who are the two players? Let's say, because $47 million is a lot of money. Max contracts are around, what, 25, 20? So you're going to be able to get two guys for that number. Who are the two guys? And this is something maybe not we can't, we, maybe we can't answer today because I do need to kind of, now that you brought that up, Magic Man, I'm going to probably do some research on kind of which players we would probably be looking at if that happens. I have no idea. But who are those two guys that would come in and all of a sudden, oh, man, if they got those two guys, this thing's going to, you know, 
it's going to be the Clyde Drexler in 95 thing. I have no idea. I got that. That's a good one. Well, we're going to have to look into that. The entire problem that the Lakers have is that it does not appear that LeBron James is going to agree to assign an extension and let them know that he's going to be there for two more years, which means that this is his last year. He can opt out next year. So I think that what you have to do is you have to say that it's almost impossible for us to become a champion over year overnight. What we have to do is we have to take a look at what we've got. And I think they're doing the right thing. Uh, I don't know whether or not what their end game is the same as my end game would be with respect to Westbrook, but I think that they're saying that we're not gonna we're not gonna give up a pick to move him. Okay. But they've already said now with this Russell Westbrook thing that but what we will do is we'll package THT and Nunn and him and the picks together. But we want something special for that. And what they want is a sure player. They want somebody like Gary Trent Jr., 23 years old, near 40% three-point shooter, takes eight of them a game and plays dogged great defense. And he's only 23 years old. You need a player like that. And so the whole trade thing of the whole scenario to me is to get one player like that and another good guy who's maybe just a rotation player. He's an eight. He'll fit in the top eight on any team. You do that for the trade, and that's your. That's what you get for the trade. And then basically, you don't take back a bunch of contracts because you only got one year of Westbrook, so you don't take back anything but expiring contracts. Because when you get rid of Westbrook at the end of that year, if you have to keep him because you're not going to give a pick to him, then you have some cap space to use to get players in. But you got to get a second player in, and the way you get a second player in is you need that full MLE, that $10 million. That $10 million will get you Isaiah Hartenstein, for example. It'll get you probably, I think, Otto Porter Jr. It might get you Gary Payton, too. But what you come out of that with is two players who fit everything that you want to do in your type of offense and defense that you want to run, and then you know, the rest of them, you, you got the BAE, that's $4 million. But you got to clear enough cap space when you make this trade so that you're taking back like $16, $15, million, $16 million or less so that you can use that $14 million that you get in the MLE and the BAE. Um, so what you can come out of that with is three good players, probably. Three players that are young, all under 30, all can play defense, all can shoot the ball uh, or have a valuable, you know, Gary Payton's not going to be a three-point shooter, but his defense is worth it. So if you could, if you could land guys like that and then, and you focus on that and, and either that's enough for LeBron or it's not enough for LeBron. Jeannie said, she's not going to force the issue. She, you know, they're not going to trade LeBron at the, at the, at the midway point of the year. And, and I also agree with Sean too, that when you make a trade for somebody like Westbrook, you do it in the middle of the year. You do it in the middle of the year. It's a disaster because how how you adjust the roster, the players that are got to go in and out. You want to do that in the summertime so that you can go into a camp and know what's going to happen. Um, I think that if they don't trade Westbrook, um, and and a lot of people will disagree with me on this, but I I think that it's even worth waving stretching him. You just you just got to get rid of him one way or another. Because you need a clean slate. You can't have a rookie coach go in there trying to manage this guy. Um, I think this is all just posturing. The Lakers will trade Westbrook with the two picks and with THT and none for the best the best two players they can get, with one of them at least being a young player like Trent Jr. Maybe a Gary Harris would work out. He's still 29 years old. Um, Abbott, uh, you know, Anobi, I love the idea of him. Uh, Jeremy Grant's another guy that you could get in that. I mean, but you get one guy that way from a trade and you get two guys in free agency by going by hard capping yourself. Genie saves a lot of money because we only pay a little bit of luxury tax, you know. Um, but we then bring a bunch of players in that you can extend them and 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 you're in a great position to trade, you know, at the at the trade deadline. You're in a great position to trade next summer because you're not just stuck with one guy on a contract. All of a sudden you've got these other guys who are about three or four other guys who've got contracts that are between 10 and $20 million so that you've got some pieces you can play with. 
but it's a two-year project really to get back to a championship level because you can't do it. There's too many good teams. The Clippers are going to be so good next year. Um, they're going to be they're going to be dangerously good. Um, I'm not worried about the Celtics. I'm worried about the Warriors and the Clippers. You know, the the Warriors are going to be better next year. Don't so sleep on the Mavs. The Lakers have got to raise the standard. They just can't. They just you can't put together a team like the bubble team and win again. It's not going to Sean was saying, "Don't sleep on the Mavs." Obviously, don't sleep oh, on yeah. the Suns as well. Christian Wood was the, a perfect pickup for them. He solidified. Uh, the you know, that's an interesting thing. Why do you think that the Lakers didn't? Because they they inquired about Christian Wood last year, and they wanted to trade him, but they weren't willing to give a draft pick for him. Now, I don't think their draft pick was worth the same as the twenty seven this year. Um, even if it was unprotected, it's, it's you know you were talking about a. 15-year-old, 12-year-old kid now, I think, or something like that. Um, but, but it, you know, I there's Luca's going to have to be reckoned with when they fix that team. They still need, they, he really needs a point guard. We'll see what happens with that. But but there's a lot, of, you know, there's going to be a lot of really, you know, and, and you can't just discount what's happening and, and with the Celtics, you know. What happened to the Celtics basically is what you'd expect to happen when you got a team with, the best three players have never been in the finals and you're playing a team that's won three finals. Uh, you know, it, it's not even fair. Thank you, Tom. You just, you just, you have me going here. Cause that was a great point. You just made, man. Um, one pattern I've really noticed about uh, the NBA and teams hiring coaches is when you look at the landscape right now, if you're a great X's and O's coach, you have a shelf life. Guys like Quinn Snyder and Brad Stevens, eventually they wane in a locker room. And what we're seeing now is that the leaders of a locker room are the, are the coaches who end up surviving and then thriving. It's Steve Kerr. It's Eric Spolstra. It's Nick Nurse. You... It's not just a requirement now to go with the X's and O's and put the Jimmys and the Joes in the right positions. You have to lead and command a locker room. And Joe is correct. I, I, I really think if you brought Russell Westbrook into that locker room with Dar- Darvin Ham, it would compromise that ability for him to show his true leadership and his ability to lead a group of men. Thanks, Tom. Definitely uh, great to hear your thoughts again, Sean. Yeah, Joe. Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday, and Russell Westbrook are two entirely different kinds of point guards. And I can't imagine, you know, I mean, I can imagine him looking at AD and Giannis and say, "We can do the same thing with for AD that we did for Giannis," even though he's not a great three-point shooter. But to think that they can import that Milwaukee defense. And have Russell Westbrook run the role that Drew Holiday runs on that team is lunatic, man. That's not going to happen. That that that's that's a stretch of imagination that's beyond beyond reasonable comprehension. Seriously, I mean, what did you see Drew Holiday play? In he's the best point guard defender in the league. Period. And Russell Westbrook is probably the worst point guard defender. He wants him to be the tip of the spear for our defensive attack. Good Lord, help us. You know that what? has to be a position. That well, cannot you know, be reality. Well, you know, it, it could, hopefully it will be something of that nature. Hopefully the Lakers will decide to make good decisions. But Joe, I know that you and I and Sean, we know that, Laker Tom's real serious. When he gets next to the camera like this, we know he's really serious. But before we head on out. He's the face, you're the hand. Uh, I am the hand indeed, yes. Five stars for there for you on your podcast outlets. But my friend, you're hearing the thoughts from both Sean and Tom out there. I mean, a lot of things have to happen. And I know that a lot of things have to start falling our way, or at least decisions have to be made. I am not a fan of the stretching. I, I love you, Laker Tom, but I have the stretching. <laughs> After just finally getting off of Dang's contract, 
would you rather have four, would you rather have forty million dollars in two or three year contracts for guys who are perennially injured and definitely overpaid and may not be motivated or you know, I mean we'd only have fifteen million for three years. You could end up easily with with uh, let's say the kid from New York who used to be a Laker who's got a four year contract for like twenty five million a year. We could end up with him. Julius Randle. Julius Randle. You know, you want Julius Randle for four years and a hundred million, or three years at fifteen million. I, I like. I like. It's better than dead money for three years. I like. I like what you guys. I like. This is probably one of the best shows we've done when it came to realistic options, you know, and 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 good solutions. Guys like Gary Trent Jr. Like I call him Frankenstein, just because it's easier to say. Uh, Hardenstein, uh, when you have those little parts, it starts to remind me of when we had something, you know, when we had, you know, KCP, Caruso, Kuzma, you have that young talent. This is a young man's game. Gary Trent Jr. is going to be 24. That That's like right at that sweet spot where you start to get really good. He's got a game that it's made for a LeBron offense. So if you guys are going to start thinking that way and we're able to, by osmosis, have I think the front off. I think that's what they're thinking. I if really, they really are thinking, thinking that way, then they're going to be. They may not get it, but that's what they're thinking. They're going to, if they're thinking that way, they are going to eventually get something like that. They may not get, get some, it. They'll get somebody who's a young player rather than, an over-the-hill, injury-prone guy. We don't need those guys. We'll get one of them just as filler because it's $47 million we got to cover, and you're going to get two guys that are making like $20 million. But we have to start somewhere, and, and the way to start is by not making any moves that are going to doom us if LeBron leaves in a year. Uh, you know, you mentioned Jeremy Grant. I wanted him last year. Based off of what I saw when he was with Denver – during the bubble, just again, youth, uh, ability. You can take over a game offensively. The, the, the problem is he's, a, he's, he's going into his last, yeah. he's also going into the last year of his contract. And I, I was initially thinking, you know, would they want to do something to where they can kind of get rid of him and maybe Kelly Olinen? Yeah, they just don't Olenek. have anybody else. The problem is that they don't have anybody else on their roster who's got a contract that, that you can add yeah. up to it. Yeah, you can't. You, uh, Kelly, you Kelly only makes about 12, 12 plus million. I've tried, I've tried to trade for Kelly. I've tried to trade for Jeremy and Kelly for a dozen times, and it, you, we don't have enough. Well, you get a third. You get a third team, Tom. Uh, this is yeah. this is the NBA. You you don't need to be swapping with teams. Right. You can. Uh, yeah. You can well, open a, it third, up. a third team plus using less Westbrook's money. But why would all of the matching rules? Completely. They're gonna get a they're gonna get a better deal for a guy that's making twenty. Well, I, I think Grant's out of our reach, you know. But but I but I do think that that I, but I do think the Ananobi is a possibility. I think that uh, Gary Trent Jr. is a possibility. Gary Harris is a possibility. Um, you get Gary Trent Jr. You you solve two problems. One, you get someone who's got the skill set perfect for this team. The other thing is we don't have to deal with him anymore playing against them because yeah. that guy busts our ass every time we play him. So yeah, that would, that I, I, I was re, between realistic and unrealistic. I, I kind of thought that that was an unrealistic thing. Now that you mentioned this, yeah, but, name, but it's the two draft excited. picks. That's the whole thing. It's two unprotected Laker draft picks that are post LeBron. I mean, they're not yeah. as good as a to pick this year. <laughs> that's for sure. But they are a pick when LeBron's going to be gone, AD is going to be 33 years old. You can't. And, and you, they're you valuable. Can't, they're the you, only thing that we really can do to sweeten the deal. Otherwise, you can't. You can't, you can't send those two picks unprotected. You have to at least do a top sure eight or something. Because no, sure if you, you do and you fail, you destroy sure you the next five to seven years in case something doesn't happen. If AD was healthy, that's the key here. <laughs> if I was guaranteed. You can't, that, you can't, you can't play poker like you're scared. True, but AD has an MO. He's got the MO of 
the second he gets a hangnail, he goes to the locker room. Now, I don't. I understand. That. I would understand if he was, if he got injured like Steph did. It was a legitimate thing. He got injured, or Clay got injured. But what do you mean? He's he legitimately got injured each time. The first time it wasn't his fault. The second time it was he's twisted his ankle. But he's always had this problem, and it, 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 he's always hurt in some way. You can't mortgage the future on a star player that you have that might not be available. I don't, no, I don't, you can't I don't, give up on a guy who won you a championship. You know, I, just I, because of the last couple of years, I, I want, I want, I want him to be, I want him to be AD, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't no. know, and I don't, I, you can't risk, you can't, you, I don't want to look back on the twenty twenty seven draft or twenty twenty nine draft. There's no way the Lakers are, not, but what it doesn't make any sense to talk about this, Joe, because the Lakers are not going to trade Anthony Davis or LeBron James. It's just not going to happen. The odds of that are so remote at this point in time. Uh, that's where I think you're wrong. I think if the Lakers are a smart and intelligent organization. Oh, wait a minute. You just disqualified. Hold on. Team. Hold on. I said if they are. If they, they are. are right. having, if they are sitting around and they're actually discussing all options. Joe, you run a business. Laker Tom, you've run businesses. I've actually run businesses. You actually look at all the options and you have to ask yourself, is LeBron at AD still, after the type of months that they've had since they've won that championship, are they still, as a pair, as a duo, can they give you a full season on both ends of the floor, healthy enough to play 70 or so games to get you where you need to go? You have to ask yourself that question. And if the answer is maybe or no, you might have to look for all other alternatives. That's you can't, just something else out there. You can't be unrealistic and assume, and think that a LeBron James, LeBron can't do that. It's just physically, it's not fair, not right for a guy that's played that long. He needs to be managed a little bit here so we can main, yeah, have no, him here I, longer. I, I don't AD, that, not, we're not going to trade him. AD, AD is the one that needs to be playing. 35 minutes a game and, and, and being the defensive player of the year, MVP type. If we don't, you know, all this stuff that we're talking about, if AD is not an MVP candidate this coming year, we're not winning a championship. No. LeBron is LeBron. LeBron is going to drop 25 points as of right now. He's going to play, let's say, 58 games. Okay. As long as he plays 58 games, drops 20, 25, 26 points, is LeBron James, that's good. But we need AD to be 25, 12, and two and a half, playing 70 games, hopefully 75, and being at least a MVP candidate and or, or, and a deep defensive player of the year. If he does that, now all those other pieces that you bring in this offseason is going to become... Well, no, if he doesn't do that, it doesn't matter what we bring in. Well, I'm hoping that they will bring a good suggestion by King. He's hoping that they can get a center to protect the paint and help out AD. I agree with you. I'm hoping that they can get someone at the five position. I know we've talked about Laker Tom has talked about that at length as far as a five. Martin would be perfect, man. Yeah, I mean, somebody that can go ahead. Three-pointers. Yeah, so he can stretch the floor and also protect the paint and help out AD and give you 20, 25 minutes good there. But also they need a little bit more depth, like Joe is talking about as well, when they go small, because as you know, in the playoffs, everybody goes small. They got to go as far as a lot of wing action. They go a lot of guard, perimeter action as well. So I know King has said McGee helped AD a lot in 2020. Absolutely, King. And thank you so much for watching. I agree with you as well that McGee was a great benefit and the Dwight Howard combination at that time seemed to work for the Lakers as a number five position. But I think right now also as well, they need someone that can also stretch the floor. So I'm hoping that they will. If that fits the Milwaukee offense that Darvin Ham is going to run. Yeah. Uh, so he he desperately, you know, he he's, he needs a center that it's going to be either AD, AD at the five being the stretch five and and hopefully shooting better with uh, with Jenna Board now, who is a guy that helped LeBron's shooting. And I, and I think also LeBron is going to be our volume three-point shooter. He's, I don't have a doubt he's going to shoot. He'll lead the. He's going to be among the top five team, five players in the league in taking three point shots. 
we're going to shoot a lot of threes because Milwaukee does, and we're going to use a lot of corner threes. We're going to run a lot of plays to shoot threes from the corner. So it's it's an offense that that really created great spacing for Giannis and Chris Middleton. So it should be a terrific benefit for LeBron and AD. But right, again, the whole thing gets screwed up if Russ is still here because it just you can't you can't then fix the defensive lapses and the lack of shooting that you have with LeBron, AD, and Russ on the floor. It's just a, it's just such a disaster. It could be a possibility, but again, stretching him to me should not be the answer. Just that's my opinion. I well, think sit him down and sit him down and trade him at the deadline. Then that's a, I don't mind that. that that's fine. I'd take I, that. I'd take that. I don't mind that at all again, but stretching him out and eating $15 million or a little bit over that for 30 years, that that's kind of a tough pill to swallow for the team. We've, again, had to swallow $5 million for several years with Luol Dang. So, uh, you know, I think we need to stop stretching players. Well, yeah. Luol Dang was seven years. That's why it was so painful. Yes, that's <laughs> definitely. I, years, and that took a long time to get rid of because, you know, his contract, his stretching of the contract was needed at the time. So yeah. it ended up winning us a championship. So in the long run, it, it, it was not bad. Hi, King. I just want to make sure to let you know, we talked about it earlier in the episode as far as Bradley Beal. We don't think that they will be able to go ahead and have enough assets to get Beal. Plus, Beal has already on Twitter announced that he's made a decision on which team he wants to go to. Hasn't mentioned which team it is, but he's already in his own mind has one team. We're still thinking the favorite is Miami. I think right now. He could say Golden State because Golden State has a ton of assets as well. There are other teams out there which I think have more assets to offer. If he had an open, let's say, clause to just go to any team or competitive teams or if he had a list or whatnot. But he has said on Twitter that he has only one team in mind. So in the next few hours or maybe days, we'll know what that is. But Does he have a player option, Gerald? Is that a player option that he has? Yeah, because remember, he's still on – I think he's on the Supermax or close to it because so he, he could was, either – he could he could take it the year. He was on an all-NBA team. But can he, can he be a free agent? I'm going to go ahead and check that on Track real quick while you guys are talking about that. But I know King is also asking before we head on out about THT status, about – trading him what can we get back so laker tom while i look up that for bradley beal's contract right i think the tht it's 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 kind of bounced back you know there was so much negativity that he had during the year about how he you know just became an asset that you know could have got kyle lowry last year and this year and we couldn't trade him at the trade deadline just to let you uh, just to let you know laker tom real quick he has 36 million dollars for this year has I, I know that can offer him a supermax because I believe he did appear on the all NBA team for the year he averaged. He's a free agent one. now, but no, he's a free agent in 23. Just to let oh, you know, 23. Yeah, he's getting 36 million for this upcoming season, okay. so he's going to go ahead and be an unrestricted free agent if he does not sign okay. an extension. But if he gets traded in the next few days to the team of his choice, you know, they're going to just go ahead and offer him, he's going to sign a huge right. extension at that point in time. God, I hope it's I, – I think it would be terrible for the Lakers to do that. I mean, it's – he's not Russell Westbrook, but my goodness. Gracious. He's on the wrong side of 30. Uh, really? Sean said it best. No, he's not – doesn't fit the mold of what I think the team should be doing. So, But I do like the I, – I do like the fact that they are now pairing the picks plus THD and, and uh, Westbrook because that's the only way we're going to get something good. You know, you just got to put together all of your assets and say – what can I get for this, you know, and then take a look at the list and make a decision, but we'll see. Well, once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is, of course, Gerald Glassford, along with Laker Tom from Lakerholics.com and also Joe Soro from Lakersball.com. Before we head on out, guys, and hopefully you guys can cut it down as fast as you can, but before we, so we can get it close to an hour as possible. Again, thanks so much for watching and listening, but Joe, before you head on out, tell us what's going on at Lakersball.com. Pretty, it's kind of tumbleweeding a little bit because there's not a lot of activity. I, I'm fully expecting more activity uh, in about 11 days. <laughs> it gets hot and heavy then. Draft, eh, draft is okay, especially with us really not having a pick. Whether the Lakers buy a pick, I don't know. I'm assuming they probably will. I'm assuming they're probably going to 
try to use that as a filler or – I mean, they've been pretty good at picking good players in the second round, so maybe they might see somebody that they think is worth paying some money for. But Lakers ball, it's, it's, it's very attached to the activity around the NBA. So if the NBA's got a lot of stuff going on, or I should say Lakers stuff going on, it's hot and heavy. The second the Laker information starts to kind of dwindle away, it, it, you know, the, the activity there is, is, uh, is, is laxed. And, you know, I always go back and forth on whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, there's such a good community there that, that it hasn't gotten saturated with bozos because we, we're, we're, you know, even when some of us get out of line, I haven't gotten out of line in a while just because I started saying, you know what, I, I want to leave. You notice he said in a while. Yeah, it, I, I want to lead by example at this point. There's there's some leadership on the site, and I want to be a part of that. But, you know, when someone starts to get kind of out of hand, you know, they're, they're, pretty, they're pretty easy on them. It's not a, you know, Gestapo-type reaction. But as you get more activity, you, you, you can't help it. If there's going to be more people, you know, getting out of line, you're going to have to address it. So there's always this kind of balance on whether we want it to be really popular or do we want to just keep it steady and nice little community. And this community has been together for a long time. I was a part of the old community. It was called clublakers.com. I didn't frequent it a lot because at the time I was on another Lakers site. That Lakers site got so saturated it turned into a complete trough. I mean, just toilet bowl of, of people. And then... You know, slowly we ended up, I, I found Lakers ball and I just like the way their site's set up and I like the people that are there. And here we are, you know, not not too long after it. Well, it's been uh, four or five years later. I never thought I'd be doing a Laker podcast, even though it's something I thought about doing before Gerald came on board and, and, and talked to us. But it, the inevitability of, of doing this was, was always, I always felt was there and they're, they're a big reason why. And they're, they're just good people, and that's, that's all you can ask for. Good information indeed. And you go ahead and talk to Ox1947 today at LakersBall.com. Of course, there's also Lakerholics.com. Great conversations to be had there and the great articles from our good friend, Mr. Jamie Sweet, and also Laker Tom as well. So, Laker Tom, do the hard pitch on Lakerholics.com before we head on out. Well, I think we have a great site in 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 a sense, and, and it's 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 – so totally different from what Joe does at uh, in in his sort of forum mode because we basically have a group of people who have been together. Most of them were expatriates from the LA Times Lakers blog that had just tremendous success for two or three years until it it imploded and totally exploded. With as Joe said, you know when you get when you get to a certain size, it just became un unable to be able to control the content that was being thrown under the site and the LA LA Times decided to just cut the whole thing you know and this was back when Kamenetsky brothers and Eric Pincus were the various at various times the voice of the of the blog and so forth so if you're if, if you're interested in being in getting good conversations and having a lot of respect for your opinion and and uh, not being afraid to say something and have it wrong and so forth. I think you'll enjoy the conversation. Uh, one thing I think we do is we do a good job of curating the news. And so uh, our, our, our thread of, of posts and so forth basically covers what I would call the more informed and intelligent aspect of the people that are talking about the Lakers. So uh, I invite you to come aboard and join the conversation. I think you'll enjoy it. I'm sure you'll learn a lot. Yes, be part of the conversation today. If you're a great Lakers fan, there's no better place to go than two great places. I know, LakersBall.com, one of the chat groups there. You'll see Ox1947 all over the place. And, of course, the great articles and great conversations to be had at Lakerholics.com. Just want to mention to everyone out there, as far as what's coming up for this week, if the Lakers do anything good or notable or newsworthy, I will bring these guys back on for later this week. Right now, I have scheduled on Wednesday an NBA mock draft with our good friend that has appeared on the show before, Michael Weisenberg, a.k.a. Mikey V. He's going to be stopping by. We're going to do an NBA mock draft and talk about the NBA draft coming up, but If anything happens with the Lakers, they make a trade or they make an announcement, they make some picks that's 
worthy enough to go ahead and bring these guys back on the air, or at least go ahead and try and get them back on the air. I'm going to go ahead and give these guys a shout out, but they'll definitely be back this time next week. Want to thank so much everybody for watching and listening. I truly appreciate all the great comments that were out there. Maybe not so much by Rapslove, but sorry about Rapslove. Had to go ahead and, you know, just kind of put you on the down low for a little bit with those comments. I understand that you're not a Lakers fan, but hey, you know what? That takes all for everybody out there to go ahead and appreciate what's going on in Lakers land. But you know what? We truly appreciate everyone out there that took their time out of their father's day to go ahead and check us out right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.